The Green Bay Packers and the LA Rams are each wondering who their quarterbacks are going to be. For the Rams, it's who's it going to be this week. For the Green Bay Packers, it's who's it going to be long-term. Whoever has a better answer to that question this week is probably going to win. Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams joins me today for a crossover Thursday, breaking it all down. Let's do it. You are Locked on Packers. Daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. A crossover Thursday, Packers, Rams, let's get it. Welcome inside another crossover edition, Locked on Packers, Locked on Rams. Not quite the marquee matchup we thought it could be coming into the season. Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers with Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams. Today's crossover edition brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for that first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Travis, good to be with you. And the Rams, I, I think, started off in a way that a lot of people did not expect, looking like closer to the team, at least that we saw a couple of years ago versus the one that we saw in 2022. And then yeah, the last couple of weeks, a little bit more like the team we saw yeah, last year. Unfortunately, uh, but it seems like the big story right now is the status of Matthew Stafford. What can you tell us about his situation right now with that injured thumb? So I think there's a bit of a, a good news, bad news situation going on here with this. He did not practice again, so that's the bad news. Which means you know here we are. We're getting much later into the week, and that he has not practiced since then. I think makes it very unlikely that we see him on Sunday at Lambeau Field. That's the bad news. The good news is Sean McVay said that he does not foresee an IR stint in, in Matthew Stafford's future. So I think that's the good news, which means that it's healing, that it means that maybe he, you know, I, I, I'm holding out a very small bit of hope that he might be able to play on Sunday. Not not too much, but the Rams are on their bye next week. So that gives him some time to heal there. And then they're back home again against Seattle coming out of their bye. So really you're talking about the better part of three weeks to get healthy with only missing one game potentially. So I think that's good news for the Rams. But I fully expect that you're going to get the uh, Brett Rippon experience at Lambeau Field. <laughs> and that is an experience we will certainly dive into here coming up in a little bit. Um, at, at what point the Rams, like, have the Rams gotten to the point where they're like, okay, we're teetering a game or two away from what happened last year, where you kind of pack it in a little bit and... You know, that, that part of that was injury driven with Matthew sure. Stafford, but we're, you know, in a situation where you're not trying to win as many games, maybe Matthew Stafford takes a little longer to get back from a thumb injury. Like how close are they to that? Do you think? Well, it depends on who you ask, Peter. If you ask me, they are at this on the kickoff of opening day. 
right? Like <laughs> to, to me, this is this has been. I, you know, I, I have a line that I use a lot that my everydayers will certainly recognize. I'm going to go by what you do, not by what you say. And yeah. what they did is nothing. They did nothing all off season. They did nothing during training camp. They didn't go out and get a lot of talent. They let some talent leave, like Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner. I think this was a, if it comes to us, great, we'll take it, but we're not going to really try to run it down all that much. And, you know, the, the the conventional wisdom has been that without Matthew Stafford, this team's dead in the water, which I agree with. The team with Matthew Stafford is three and five and has beat one good team all year. So I don't right. know where, you know, with, with the middle of that, maybe there's a little bit of something, but I think you're right. I think we're getting far closer to the idea of, okay, What's better to win six or seven games and miss the playoffs or win three or four and pick in the top five. And that is compl complicated, right? By the fact that Matthew Stafford, you know, is, is under contract. They just gave sure. him the extension after they won the Super Bowl, And, and, you know, regardless of what happens moving forward, right? Like the deal is worth it to trade for Matthew Stafford and oh, win yeah. a Super Bowl. So regardless you're in good position, it's, it's kind of a, a, a bizarro version of what's going on in green Bay, right? With Jordan love. And, and this question of, okay, there's 10 more games. How much do you need to evaluate? How much is the, the players around him? And they didn't get Pukunakua in the draft right. to pop the way that Pukunakua has. Now, having Matthew Stafford probably helps. And guess what? Having Cooper Cup is probably over the course of his career, at least, also going to help him. But so that means there's a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. And I think in some ways, we, we had a little bit of a, a discussion about this, Travis, during Broncos week, because the Broncos were so bad. Right. And it was like, okay, if this offense doesn't look good against this historically bad defense, like you're really talking about some troubling questions that have to be asked. And not only did they do that, but that was after looking bad against the Raiders. And it's just sort of like, okay, now what? And if you don't beat Brett Rippon and, and a three and five Rams team that by the way, your defense has played pretty well against over the course of the last few years. Yep. In, in Green Bay, it is, it is Packers Twitter right now. Travis is already kind of a dark place. It is going to get a lot darker. And so it seems like right now to me, the, the, the two big, biggest storylines with these two teams is the quarterback position for very different reasons. Yeah. You know, watching the Packers from a distance, it's kind of been like, it, it's oddly quiet, right? Like Aaron Rodgers always drew so much attention nationally. Yeah. Good and point. then, you know, and Brett Favre drew a ton of attention nationally. It always felt like you were kind of plugged in whatever's going on in the quarterback position in, in Green Bay. And this has been, not that there has not been a ton of attention on it nationally, because like you said, the team has kind of struggled and it's kind of happened, like you said, with the, with the Rams as well, where the Rams kind of, you know, they make the big deal for Stafford a couple of years ago. It pops, they win the Super Bowl. Everybody's very excited. And since then it's been, okay, what, where are we with this team? And yeah. the question is, I don't think anybody's got a really good answer. I think that the plan that they've put in place that they maybe haven't identified by name or anything is, Let's just wait and see what happens. Because you mentioned Puka a second ago. They found an NFL player in the fifth round with Puka Nakua. Yeah. They found an NFL player in the second round with Steve Avila at, at, at their left guard position, which Playing is something great. That he's been really, really good. They found an NFL player in Byron Young in the third round out of Tennessee. So if nothing else this year, you found three NFL starters in your last draft without having a first round draft pick. It's pretty darn good. That's a pretty good draft along the way. So there are some positive things with the Rams. It's just not the result on the field as far as winning and losing. And you mentioned it too. This season got off to a little bit of a, a surprising start. They not only beat Seattle, who it turns out is a pretty good team, they beat them soundly. Yeah. Then they looked really good in the first half against San Francisco. And you're thinking, oh, okay, this might be a good team. 
They really haven't looked good since then. They, 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 they were decent for a half against Philadelphia, but really you have one complete game and a couple of decent halves here and there. Other than that, they've been all over the map. And so coming in, I think one of the things that, that you looked at with this Rams team was coming into the season, I mean, okay, the offense could be pretty good. Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, there's a baseline there. But defensively, you trade Jalen Ramsey, you move on um, over the course of the last few years with some of the, the core pieces, the, oh, you know, sure. the Corey Littletons of the world and guys like that who did not, by the way, go on to have any great careers anywhere else. But that talent atrophy tends to catch up with teams at some point. And yet it seems like, last week accepted, they've been able to ham and egg this thing a little bit over the course of the first eight games here. So the, the defense to me, like, is this just Raheem Morris doing what, what he can do? Or is, is this really a team that have kind of gotten a little bit lucky here because the talent really is just not there? The talent is not there. You're exactly right. I, I think what they have is a really high-level coach, a very good quarterback that can disguise a lot of things. Because when, when, when they've had some success, they hold the ball for a really long time. They don't let that defense get on the field a whole bunch. That defense has not been able – they don't turn anybody over. So if, if Jordan Love's having trouble throwing interceptions, that's not good because they don't intercept <laughs> the ball. They don't force fumbles. So the way that they have looked good and the way that they've kept games close is by limiting possessions. The reason that they were looked pretty good against San Francisco and Philadelphia, at least for half, is because – you know, they limited, they would score, the other team would score. They would score again, the other team would score. But once that possession got a little out of whack or you missed your opportunity to score, that's when it kind of got out of hand. So the, the defense really has not looked the way that it needs to. And you're spot on. They're just outside of Aaron Donald and maybe Ernest Jones. The talent level on that defense is, is really, really thin. And yet they, I would say, do not have even close to as much talent as the Green Bay Packers defense. And if you look at stats like DVOA, which I love, mm -hmm. uh, the Rams have a better defense. And I think that is almost 100% contributed to two things, better coaching and Aaron Donald. Like I yeah. think that, that is, <laughs> he, he helps a those lot. Those two things uh, can go a long way here. We're going to dig into the matchups in just a second here as our Locked on Packers, Locked on Rams crossover presses on. All right, so we all love to watch games. We all love to be at home watching our games. And sometimes you forget to do your shopping. Sometimes you just get hungry for something you don't have in the house at the right time. This is where DoorDash comes in. This is where DoorDash can save the day for you, right? And it's not just the, the things that you know in your neighborhood, right? It's not just the chain restaurants or anything like that, but some local spots. Spot for me? Santoras, right? It's a great wing spot right in my neighborhood that I love to load up on. My friends come over, we get out the DoorDash app, we order it up, we're ready to go. You want to go a little more mainstream? Of course, DoorDash has got you covered with all of that again. So get your lucky jersey ready, get your DoorDash app, and start watching your football. And right now, DoorDash, you can get up to 50% off a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on that first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Locked 23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, the number 23, Locked 23. Again, 50% off, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Locked 23, you don't have to go anywhere, order it right from your phone, watch the game, and eat your DoorDash. Travis, what's your wings order? So I do two dozen buffalo side of fries 
And depending on how many other people are coming over, we might throw in a third dozen. But if it's just a couple of people, a dozen each is a good way to do it. And always just the medium, Peter. Never too hot because that causes problems, but you need just enough to make it worth your while. The medium is the crowd pleaser seasoning always. Always. Yep. It doesn't matter where you order from. I feel like medium is the safe bet. You're going to get yep. enough heat for the people who like heat and not too much where you're like, if you don't like heat. The, I, the, I, next, the next day with the hot is not great. No, no, it's, it's, uh, if you want to get that extra dozen, that's hot for the people that are going to go a little nuts. Like that's great. But you also yep. never know like what you're, what you're getting there. Uh, yes. speaking of, we've kind of had that dual experience here with these two teams. Uh, you never quite know what you're going to get. Uh, but I want to, I want to, uh, widen out here for a second because I, I always love to track these, these, uh, you know, uh, uh, Padawan Jedi master, uh, sure. coaching situations where you have the, the coach that has the the uh, the apprentice and then they go off and how these things work and so far Matt LaFleur has done pretty well against uh Sean McVay in his career the opposite is true against Kyle Shanahan mm -hmm. uh Sean McVay and he shared that trait unfortunately for the Rams right um and so that makes this week particularly interesting because I feel like you know, Sean is going to know a lot of the things that Matt is going to want to do with a young quarterback. Matt is going to know a lot of the things that Sean is going to want to do with a backup quarterback. We think. And so how do you, how do you try and suss out the, the coaching matchup here? Well, it's interesting. I, I, you know, for the first time really in the Sean McVay era, and we're talking about his seventh season here in Los Angeles, as hard yeah. as that is wow. to believe. And, and by the way, still the youngest That's, coach. I, that, no, when you said that, that stunned, like legitimately stunned right. me that it's been that long. It's been seven years. Like it, yeah. it still feels, feels like he's a fresh face because he's had a ton of success, Super Bowl commercials, et cetera, et cetera. But well, and because but, he's 25 years old. That, <laughs> yeah, but now he's a father. So he's going to start <laughs> to show a little age along the way as well. He'll get, he'll get some of this going on. Yeah, exactly. Matt LaFleur's got, he's got more gray this year. His, his, this team is giving him some gray hairs in that beard. <laughs> right, I know the feeling. Um, I think for the first time in the McVay era, there's just a little bit of, huh, going on with him. Not 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 a ton, not nothing crazy, but just this offense has felt very stale for a couple of years. Now there are very obvious reasons why the the offensive line last year they literally had police academy recruits starting on the offensive yeah. line. So it, it's it, I, I understand it. All of your good players were hurt or playing with other guys that were not up to NFL caliber. This year, you're through a bit of a reboot. But some of the common themes are coming. They they will just go long periods of time where they refuse to run the ball, despite having a pretty successful rushing attack through the most part. The the insistence on feeding the ball to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, even when those guys aren't having good days and it feels like there are other guys open. So it's not a, hey, what the heck's going on here? But it's just for the first time ever, a little bit of, Okay. Okay. What 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 what's going to happen next? So I'm kind of excited to see what it does look like against a familiar face, a familiar opponent. The Rams and Green Bay have played each other a lot over the last few years. The Rams have not gotten the better of it, and and I do think it's time if the Rams are going to continue to try to push for that seventh spot in the NFC, he's going to have to get in his bag a little bit. We really, you know, we, we saw him yeah. do the Philly special and the two point conversion, and everybody going, whoa, 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 new. We hadn't seen that from the Rams before. It's been a minute since we've seen something particularly new from Sean McVay. Yeah. And, and McVay was able to ring out some, some replacement level and above play from Baker yep. Mayfield. They won that miraculous game where Baker Mayfield had been <laughs> in the building for three and a half minutes and they go out right. and they win a football game, albeit against a pretty bad opponent at the time. But uh, 
what what is fascinating to me is, you know, Sean McVay had Jared Goff in the building and they were able to do certain things with Jared Goff. And then the NFL started to catch up to what they were doing. And they felt like, Hey, we got to go get Matthew Stafford. We got to We have yeah. to, we have to change the status quo here. And the Packers, I think are butting up against this right now with Jordan love, because it's like Aaron Rodgers allowed them to take this McVay Shanahan thing that, that, so many teams I mean, half the league does this now. Right. Uh, and, and put the Aaron Rodgers spin on it. The Rams get to do it with Matthew Stafford. Right. So what does it look like when it has to be Brett Rippon or when it has to be Baker Mayfield? And at least McVay has some experience doing this with these lesser quarterbacks. Whereas Matt LaFleur, he hasn't quite got the, the dials in. I keep making the joke that like, he can't decide if if it should if the dial should be turned to one or eleven just because it goes to eleven <laughs> on, on the aggressiveness here and Aaron, and, and and like Aaron Rodgers always wanted to be at eleven. That's sure. just who he was, and so uh, that that sort of back and forth idea that push pull is is really fascinating to me because this could be a game that comes down to who can get their quarterback in the best position to succeed. And I don't know that either of these two two coaches have a lot of experience doing that with, high, you know, high level success. Doing that with guys who are in in the caliber of the players that they're putting out on Sunday, at least right now. And to me, if you're a Packers fan, you're going, well, that means it's Joe Barry versus Raheem Morris, and that mm-hmm. is a no contest. <laughs> like that's a TKO in the third round, Raheem Morris. Like the ref stops the fight. Like we can't we can't go on anymore. And, yeah. and you know, that's, that's the part. I think if you're a Packers fan, you're going, man, Joe Barry loves to make bad quarterbacks look like not bad quarterbacks. And that's the concern. I think. Well, if, if he does have a knack for that, then he's going to have a something special ready for Brett Rippon. Cause I was doing a little back uh, background <laughs> on how, how much football Brett Rippon is. First of all, he's barely played. He's only yeah. played in, in eight NFL games prior to coming in in the second half. Uh, last week against the Cowboys. And by that point, the game was so out of hand, there, there really wasn't much to do anyway. Um, he's thrown four touchdowns. He's thrown eight interceptions. He's thrown for about 800 yards in his career. He completes about 60% of his passes. So it's not good. You know, it, it, I, I think you're right. I think it comes down to which defense can maybe make a play, which defense can make a stop. And, you know, maybe which guy can get a little bit more creative because, the, the Rams are not going to roll into Green Bay with a ton of talent on either side of the ball. And as good as Puka has been, as good as Cup has been, you know, at least in his career, there's no if there's no delivery mechanism to getting those guys the ball, it doesn't matter much. The Rams offensive line has been, uh, uh, you know, got off to big question coming into the season. And it was, oh, OK, that's serviceable. And then it's kind of slowly, nothing dramatic, but slowly tapered in the wrong direction over the last yeah. few weeks. Um so, so we'll see. I, I don't think that either one of these teams is feeling great about their opportunities while simultaneously they both probably look at this game as a chance at a game that they can win. Yeah, absolutely. Both, both these teams are going, Hey, look, if we win this game, we could be right back in the mix yep. for that seven seed. And, and I think they both should feel that way, especially, you know, Matthew Stafford coming back in a week or two. Um, we haven't even mentioned, by the way, Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator in LA. Yep. Matt LaFleur talked, on Wednesday at his press conference that, that he's really liking being in LA and really liking working for, for Sean McVay. And, and that seems to be a, a good match so far. Um, one thing that, that teams have been able to do to green Bay matchup wise, if they have stayed committed to the run game, even if it's not working great, yeah, um, they've been able to find some success. 
the last thing Sean McVay seems interested in this year is staying committed to any kind of run game. And that has really been true. Even like the year they won the Super Bowl, that was, that was true. Like that, this has been a Sean McVay bugaboo really yes. his whole career. And if you're a Packers fan, you're going, this is going to be the week. I just know it's going to be the week. Like the Vikings <laughs> didn't have a rushing touchdown all of last season. They had two on something like, it's just that kind of thing. It's been that kind of season for, for Packers fans. But like, do you genuinely, yeah. you know, uh, uh, our, our jaded sports media, uh, you know, culture aside, do you think Sean McVay, if he thought that was the best chance for his team to win, would just stick with the run game? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, I've seen it too many times. They, 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 we, it's the, there, there are two main points of criticism with Sean McVay in, since he's come to L.A., and it's been the same from the beginning of time. He, he has this weird use timeout usage where he uses them at the most random, bizarre times. They're always short timeouts by the time you actually need them. And number two is, why don't they run the ball more? And, and, and they've been the very best version of the Sean McVay offense that we've seen in the seven years that he's been here was when Todd Gurley was here. Todd, yeah. And again, I get it. There are not a lot of Todd Gurley's out there. He was a, a very special player. But when you run the ball, when you have a running back that can catch the ball, when you have a running back that can block a little bit, that offense opens up like you wouldn't believe, and they don't run the ball. It, it, it is so frustrating. They finally committed to it with Kyron Williams a couple of weeks ago. He had a great day he had against the Cardinals. He had 158 yards, and he gets an ankle injury, and he goes right on IR. And now you're pulling guys like Daryl Henderson off of you know nobody's roster. He was available. They bring him back, and it worked okay, but they only got you know seven, eight carries apiece. It's it's a mystery and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's hubris. I don't know if it's just, he genuinely thinks this is a better way to do it, or he wants to be the guy that chucks it 40 times a game. Well, we are going to give you our keys to victory here on a locked on Packers locked on Rams crossover in just a second. All right. Have you put the prize picks app on your phone yet? Because Here's what I can tell you. You're going to have an unbelievable time when you do this. It is so easy to use. It is so quick to make your picks. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 25 times your money. I just did my picks a couple of minutes ago. Lakers are playing, and here, look, don't, don't judge me. I like to go lower with Anthony Davis, and it's as easy as that. You see the number, 23 and a half points for Anthony Davis. You want to go more, or do you want to go less, right? Do you want to go more or less? That's it. You get them right and you get paid, right? Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. Prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use that same code, LockedOnNFL, for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's super fun. Gets you engaged in the games. You can talk, you know what, to your buddies when they get it wrong and you get it right. It's just a great time. Put that prize app, Prize Picks app on your phone. Don't forget your code, LockedOnNFL, for a first deposit match of up to $100. All right, Locked on Packers, Locked on Rams, a crossover Thursday, Lambeau Field on Sunday. America's, well, it's a game that is happening this week. Uh, <laughs> that's is. what I can tell you for sure. Um, and so we we have this game, Travis, that uh, the over-under, <laughs> our friends at FanDuel have set it at 39 and a half. My God, that is a low number. Uh, Packers are three-point favorites and uh, depending on where, when you looked, I checked early and it, I, I thought I saw Packers minus one. It went to 
Rams plus one and a half, and then Matthew Stafford, the injury, and now has yeah. gone all the way back the other way. We're talking about a four and a half point swing. That's a pretty big swing. When you look at this matchup, um, if we're going to assume Brett Rippon is the quarterback, and I think that's for now at least a, f- a better than 50 50 chance that it's going to be Brett. I think Rippen. it's very likely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the key then to victory uh, in this game for either for, for whichever team you think is ultimately going to win? I, I think it's it's the same guy for both teams, right? It's Brett Rippon. If Brett Rippon's yeah. decent, the Rams have a chance to play. If he's not, the Packers will win, right? It, it's it literally rests on his right arm. If, if he and he, look, he doesn't have to go out there and do a Matthew Stafford impression. He doesn't have to go out there and make you know those throws that make you go, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that ball got in there." Because that that's a, that's Stafford, right? He's the guy with the crazy arm and makes the crazy throws and does. A, it doesn't have to be that. Don't throw interceptions. Don't take a bunch of sacks. Don't get hit a bunch because beyond Brett Rippon, the immortal dresser win is waiting to come into the game. No, so, come on. You made that name up. I don't I believe wish that. I wish I did. I had to game. triple check it. <laughs> dresser win is next man up in this situation. And the opposite, I think, for the Packers are true, right? That if they can put him in a situation where he gets hit a lot, where they speed him up, where he has to make fast decisions, where he has to throw the ball in the tight windows – He's a backup for a reason. He's been in this league five years. He's played nine games. I think that speaks for itself. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but uh, you know, this, this is a three and five team with who I believe is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And they were still struggling to move the ball, still struggling to score points. So you take him off the field. It's an uphill climb. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I, I think to me, that's the key too, because I, I don't think either team is going to score a bunch of points in this game. No. Um, I think the Rams are going to be able to do enough. Um, they're going to, they're going to make Jordan love and this offense go 10 plays, 12 plays, 80 yards. That's going to be the goal. Put a, put a roof on it on third down, give some exotic looks that, that you're not used to seeing. And that's going to be how you're going to try and get Jordan love. And that's how they they've been able, teams have been able to do it. I think the, the Vikings on Sunday with Brian Flores, they got him a couple times where they showed one high or they showed like, a, a zero blitz and all of a sudden they're dropping three and you're, or they're mm-hmm. dropping eight and rushing three. And you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> Brian Flores, by the way, is a madman. Oh my God. They lead the league. <laughs> they lead the league. This is just a little tangent. They lead the league in zero blitz and in eight man uh, drops. Like they're just, wow. it's one of those weird things where yeah, that's, that's usually um, you're just, it, it makes it really hard to understand what's coming. The Rams play a little bit more um, traditional brand of defense. I would say, um, but the Packers are still going to have to account for Aaron Donald. Still going to have to have a plan for that. But if you just don't give up anything big, if you're Green Bay, I mean, this is this game. The 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 over under speaks to it. Like this has got seventeen thirteen written all over. I mean, it's well, that. like like you said, Peter, they don't give up anything big. The, the Rams are virtually incapable of big without Matthew Stafford there because you're talking about their. I had, their- I had to look up if Brett Rippon was in fact a right-handed quarterback when he said <laughs> it was on his right shoulder. I was like, wait, we're sure he's right-handed, or was that? I, do, I have a vague recollection of uh, of training camp. Um, the other look, I mean. Cam Akers was their number one back. He's in Minnesota. Kyron Williams was their number two back. He's on IR. Ronnie Rivers was their number three back. He's on IR. You're down to Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman, who was a practice squad player a couple of weeks ago, and Brett Rippon. Good luck. I mean, this is, this is what you have, and this is like you said at the beginning of the, of the podcast – this is not dissimilar to what had happened last year. It's just happening at different positions. Yeah. And what's interesting is when I look back, uh, a tick of mine, I have to stop saying that. Um, wh- when I look back at last year 
and and beating the that Rams team with the backup quarterback. It wasn't because Aaron Rodgers played great. Aaron Rodgers actually was like pretty mediocre through one of the worst interceptions you may recall that yeah. I, I have ever seen Aaron Rodgers throw. Um, they won that game because the Rams just had no talent. They just did not have enough talent. And this Packers defense and, and offense, to, you know, overall, not that different from the one that was on the field in that game. So if they don't turn the ball over offensively, like I think Jordan Love is on a five-game interception streak. You mentioned the Rams are not turning anyone over. Not really. Um, and that's one of those things. If the Packers don't turn the ball over, I think they can do enough defensively to, to win this game. I, I do think it's going to be something like 17-13. No one is going to be happy about having watched 60 minutes of this football game. Um, but First one uh, to 20 wins. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is a race to 20. And one of these teams is going is gonna to leave like, hey, maybe, maybe. And, and that will be a, hopefully a cool thing. And the other team may feel like, well, time to pack it in. My my great fear, Peter, is that the Rams dupe themselves into thinking that hey, we can get to nine, because I really yeah. i I don't think they can. When they lost to the Steelers uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was that was the ninth. There, there was a path to nine if the Steelers were in it. Without them, it's you're going to have to beat somebody you're really not supposed to beat. I know it's the NFL, and I know that happens occasionally. But what I would hate to see you can't is, do it four or five times though. No, you can't. You, you probably can't even do it twice. And a six-win season is far more damaging than a three-win season. I just it, where does it sound? It's just give give me that Sean top McVay, five. Sean McVay does not seem like he is built for a tank, though, and nope. I, I don't think Matt Lafleur is either. And so nope. that makes a game like this a, a, an inflection point, I think, for both of these teams. And Aaron Jones said it after last week. This is going to reveal who who really wants to come out pissed off. Who is going to come out and keep fighting? Uh, because the Packers, you know, frankly, in the second halves of these games have fought in every single one of them. And I think it's a credit to them that, you know, they've they've had these kind of disastrous first halves offensively. And then in, I mean, literally every game, Travis, they have come out and for a couple drives offensively and defensively, it's like, oh, if this was the team the whole time, you know, you'd be in good shape. And it's just unfortunately not the, not what, what they've gotten. You bring up two good points. I, I, the Rams, to their credit, have played hard in every quarter of every game so far this season through eight weeks. There hasn't been one moment. You're like, Hey, what's going on? Not at all. And, and I think that to your earlier point, that's a testament to Sean McVay and the culture yeah. that he's built there. I, I and it, cause he is not just a, let's just go out there and, you know, get home safe and collect a draft pick. That's not how he's operating. And I respect it. The other thing that you mentioned that the Rams have struggled very similarly, they have had one game and it was in week one where the two halves were both good. They've had a good half here, a good half there. They've had two bad halves, but really, even in the other games, the Arizona bad in the first half, really good in the second half. They, they they win the game against Indianapolis. Their only other win that they had, terrific in the first half. They had a twenty-three to nothing lead, then had to go to overtime to save the game. Yeah. And you know the coin flip that they got, they go down and they score. But since week one in Seattle, they have not put together four quarters. Yeah, a pair of a pair of two-quarter teams. Yeah, as Mike Lombardi likes to say, in this one. Uh, we will be back tomorrow for to get you ready for Packers Rams. It is I, I made the joke. Um, uh, it is the who's who of the who's not in the NFL on Sunday, <laughs> and so um, we're we're still gonna have a fun time on the Locked yeah. On Podcast Network. I can tell you that Locked On Packers, Locked On Rams. We will talk to you soon. Thanks to Travis for joining the show. Awesome, awesome to talk to him. Uh, back tomorrow, Aaron Nagler. 
joins me on a interview Friday, fall Friday. It's getting a little, uh, almost a frigid Friday is really what we should start calling it because it has gotten chilly. It is that time of year, baby. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like me on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I feel like I'm just like the old guy now. Uh, can you uh, request me on uh, the book phase? Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, come hang out with us live after the game on Sunday on our YouTube page. <laughs> Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay. Locked on Packers.